0: And we get to Albuquerque, we fly out, we're flying over the Cascades, it's in October, and it's a beautiful October clear day, and the mountains are you know, capped with snow, and it looks beautiful, and I look at Ruth and I say, that's why we moved to Washington.
1: John did his best to ignore the subtle and not-so-subtle nudges to become more dependent on God. His fears kept getting in the way, but prayer and listening led to the commitment God was looking for. Hello and welcome to the Hill Stories podcast, a space to tell the God stories unique to the people at Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. I'm your host, David Wilson. Today, we're sitting down with John Lucero. Now, I met you maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, and I find you to be just a wonderful and engaging person, but I know absolutely nothing about you. (laughs) So let's start with, where would you like to begin?
0: So as I thought about um, this interview today and what my sharing of my testimony, if you will, my story, my pilgrimage, it boiled down to two words for me, fear and trust. Hmm. Or if you want to say fear, you know, the worry, Uh, and I thought about that. And then, you know, as Jesus was talking about in, um, I think it's in Matthew chapter six, where he talks about, you know, do not worry, don't worry, don't worry, you know, uh, because your Heavenly Father knows what you need even before you need it. I mean, look at the lilies in the field, look at the birds, so don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And you know, I never thought of myself as a worrying person, honestly. When I, when I was growing up, because I have I had a stable family. I mean, there were arguments, there were fights. Uh, my dad actually struggled from time in time with alcoholism, so that made it <clears throat> a little bit of a, a struggle as well uh, for my mom and dad's relationship. But we were surrounded by family. <clears throat> we lived in the same neighborhood uh, that our great grandparents lived in as great-grandchildren, part of our responsibility was to help to care for them. And so they had a lot of great-grandchildren running around. So again, when I go back to that, I, I didn't have any reason to worry. So as I as I thought through that, something in my life had to have been there to as a seed of worry, not just from the fact that, that the evil one, our enemy, is always trying to uh, devour us or you know, take our eyes off of christ and his and his power, and so when i when I really when I look back it was at the point that I actually made a life commitment outside of the commitment of you know God calling me to his family hmm. and Christ redeeming me with his blood was my commitment to get married <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, is that where the fear came in? That's right. <laughs> that, that's when at least I noticed it. You know,
0: uh, yeah. I, at times I would be afraid that, hey, I'm not going to pass a test. You know, I think it's going to be hard. Uh, so all, all these things, I, I started thinking, do I really have it in me to be a parent? Do I really have it in me to succeed? You know, Do I really have it in me to, you know, to, to hold on to a job? I started questioning everything about myself. So as I, when I met Ruth, I was in the pre-med program at the University of Texas, El Paso. And when I met Ruth and and that worry thing, you know, kicked in not because, you know, who Ruth was, because she and her parents were strong in the faith. So it wasn't anything about them. It was all about me. And the pressure that I was putting on myself to be successful, if you will, whatever that meant. you know. Mm-hmm. So for me at that point in time was med school. I wanted to go to med school. But when that happened, I started questioning everything of my ability to be, could I be a doctor? And then I started looking at the time that it would take to be a doctor. And then I said, I don't have it in me. I just can't do that. And then I got depressed. I went through a huge depression. I mean, it was, horrible. I couldn't sleep. And so I, I decided at that point in time to change my degree. And I went into nursing, which it wasn't much different, you know, from going into medical because I could see maybe an end of the tunnel for there. And I was doing well. I, I passed uh, all of the courses because, then, number one, they were the same courses basically that I needed to have for a pre-med degree. And I got accepted to the University of Texas Uh, nursing school. And so I I went and I started doing that. But again, I looked at that and I felt like I couldn't do it. And it just something in me, I I just, I was still going through this huge depression that I dropped out. I dropped out of college completely.
1: Now, you're with Ruth at this time. Yes, correct. How was she reacting to this? And how was your relationship through these changes?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Ruth, was encouraging to me. And she shouldn't have been encouraging to me because I was always breaking up with her at this point in time, right? And so so one afternoon or evening, I don't even know the time of the day, my father-in-law called me up and he says, what are you doing to my daughter? And so I, I had to step back and think through that and uh, apologize. I don't remember all of the details you know of that particular conversation but i do know this that he was very gentle even in that question of what are you doing to my daughter it was uh, it was hard you know for ruth but she and i were in love and she wanted to marry me and i wanted to marry her and i could see in her family something that my family didn't have even though they were believers they had a closer walk with christ it was just all the time it was just always in the Word, always in prayer, always, uh, when I say in the Word, you know, the devotionals that they would have, and the movies that they would watch. Um, they were, it was just fantastic. Well, of course, uh, we're engaged and we, we got married. You know, that's the next step, you know, for, for Ruth and I. Um, I hadn't graduated yet from college when we got married. But my next step was then after marriage, I got a job with Sears. I wanted at that point. I, I, you know, when I when I dropped out of uh, um, the nursing program, I went into business. That's when. Uh, so I went in the business okay. portion. I did accounting and marketing. And at that point, the um, retailing business was being taken over by computers. That was 1977 when I got hired on. With I was hired as an auditing trainee, but six down, months down the road. All of that changed. And so my boss came to me one day and he said, hey, uh, what would you like to do? You won't be able to be a controller because all of those positions are being done away with. And so you have two choices. One is you can uh, leave Sears. We'll give you a, a buyout in accordance with how much time you've had with the company. And uh, then I guess then you can go find another job or you can stay with the company and then become a management trainee. And so that's, I'm looking at these things again and then this fear thing jumps back into my life. Mm-hmm. Like it's never left before, I mean I mean it's still there, but it started pronouncing itself again in my life. And so now I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to do? You know, I really didn't want to be a manager, <laughs> I wanted to, to be an accountant. Mm. Um, but I also had a wife. And so I took the job. I stayed. <laughs>
1: because I, it was the safe?
0: It was a safe thing. Right. Exactly. That was a safe uh, bet, right? I, I had some uh, solid footing underneath there. Although I could not see myself being a manager because I, I didn't think I could manage uh, people, if you will. I was afraid to do that, but I was afraid to take a step off of that because I didn't know where I was going to land. Right. You know, so, I didn't want to move that way. But in all of this time, as, as I'm thinking through that, God is calling me to take, again, my eyes off of myself and put them on Him. I, I like that quote that C.S. Lewis has in, I think it's in The Last Battle, it says, further up and further in. You know, He's calling uh, people to you know, come further up and further in. That's what God is calling. And yeah. He was calling me to this further up and further in relationship with Him. But at that point, I didn't realize what that was, I guess. You know, I I was too much wrapped up, again, at this point, in fear, which was, again, clouding my spiritual walk and my spiritual growth. So at that point, then I worked for Sears, like, for a year and a half. After that year and a half, I got a promotion to go to Belen, New Mexico, which was a suburb of Albuquerque. So at that point in time, we moved. I, t- I took the move because number one, I, it was a promotion. Number two, it brought more money. And number three, Ruth was pregnant. And then four, she didn't have to work. And mm-hmm. so, you know, looking at those uh, reasons why I was going. But in doing that, in going to Belén, New Mexico, that was only 200 miles, you know, north of uh, El Paso where we were at. And that's where my parents lived. I thought I was moving to Timbuktu. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, this fear gripped me again—that I couldn't do it on my own. My parents weren't going to be there. Uh, her parents weren't going to be there. I was going to have to do this on my own. So again, I'm I'm walking on this slippery ground of fear that I'm allowing, you know, to, to take my life and to choke my life, if you will, and then the worry, just the heaviness of the worry. At the end of six months, I quit Sears. I didn't call them up. I just quit. I packed up all our stuff in a U-Haul van. I called my parents. I said, we're coming back. Uh, My dad says, okay, you know, if you're coming back, your mom and I, we will help you, you know, figure out, you know, what you want to do next, if you want to go back to college and get something different, you know, we'll help you out in that road. And I said, okay, so we're coming home. And so we did. We went and we put all of our stuff in their garage. Unloaded everything. But my dad wanted to take me on a walk. And so we did. We went on a walk. And he started explaining to me that, you know, you're going to have a son. We had had the ultrasound. That's when ultrasounds first came out. We 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 were told that we were going to have a boy. And so uh, he said, you really need a job. So I I really think you need to think about this. Now, remember, I hadn't called Sears to tell him I had quit. I didn't even tell my employees I was quitting. Wow. I just left. It was a weekend. It was a long weekend. And so I, I was gone. And so after talking to my dad, he talked some sense into me, if you will. <laughs> and So I loaded up a few things that we could load up into their travel mobile home. They loaned it to us. And so we went back to... Uh, Berlin, And we lived in the backyard of some friends, like if maybe like Art and Tiffany's house back here. They had enough room. So we pulled back there and I was happy living there, (laughs) plugged into the electricity of my friends. No big deal. My wife, though, was not happy. At that point, there was, um, you know, she's having a baby. We have uh, we have a dog and she's living in this little travel mobile with a dog.
1: Where is your faith at this time? Good question.
0: It's maybe a mile wide and an inch deep. You know, I think that's a a statement I've heard Mm -hmm. before. Yes. So that's about where I was. So a few years passed by. Now going through that, our son is born uh, and our daughter's also born in Albuquerque. Sears came through with another change. I was hoping, you know, to be a manager of a bigger store at some point in time. So they were closing those smaller stores like I had been promoted to. And they were making them catalog stores, but my boss—he was impressed with what I was doing—and I'm not even, uh, even though I was
1: going through this stage. Of- he, he didn't know about your living arrangements, but he was impressed with your work. Okay. And he, you know, and he
0: didn't know I had quit on him either.
1: So, you
0: know, so he's impressed with what whatever I'm doing. You know, the numbers that are happening. You know, as far as sales numbers and the quotas that they were giving us for different. Uh, I think one of them was maintenance agreements. You know those extended warranties that you have to sell, and how my service department was performing. You know the profitability. You know he was, he he was impressed with that. And uh, what I can say about that is that God was doing the work, even though I was not <laughs> a willing partner. You know coming along, if you will. So he recommended me for a promotion to go to Tucson, Arizona. And. At that point, I said to God, I said, I don't want to go, you know. I, again, here's this fear deal showing up in my mind, and I'm complaining about it. I'm saying, well, I'm okay right here, you know, I'm, I'm fine right here. I, I don't need to take a step to into an unknown. The next day, my boss calls and he says, well, you didn't get the job. He said, a, a person has more uh, seniority than you put in for it after we had talked to you so they're going to get the job so then what do I do I complain to God for not getting the job <laughs> so now okay you you're having it
1: both ways here exactly
0: <laughs> you've got it so I'm, uh, I'm telling I, I told God I didn't want it now I'm telling God why didn't you give it to me you know so God answered a prayer the way I wanted it and he says okay if that's what you want John that's what I'm giving you my boss, the one that told me that I hadn't gotten the job, did come and say, hey, we're closing this one down completely, it's not going to be open, but we're going to transfer you, if you want to, to Gallup, New Mexico. Well, Gallup, New Mexico, I don't know if you know Gallup or even heard of Gallup, New Mexico. Gallup is right close to the Arizona border. It was known as the armpit of New Mexico. And so I didn't want to be uh, unemployed again, so I took this job in Gallup, New Mexico. And so I was there, I don't know, a year and a half. So I'm fast-forwarding it through, you know, Gallup. Um, and still, I'm not, at, I'm not at the point where God wants me to be. There's a scripture in, in Luke 18, as it starts with verse 1, I think, through verse uh, 8 or somewhere around there. And it's talking about the unjust judge. So there's a widow that comes and is always complaining You know, and saying, hey, give me justice, give me justice. And the judge says, hey, uh, no, you know, go home. I'm not going to give you justice. But she keeps coming, right? She's persistent. She keeps coming. She's coming. And the judge says, well, you know what? Even if I don't fear man or God, I'm going to give her what she wants because she's going to wear me out with her coming all the time. And so then Jesus says to his disciples, don't you see what he just got through telling this widow, this unjust judge? How much more do you think your heavenly Father is going to do for you if you ask Him? But then He says, and which has always hit me when this uh, thing really made an impact in my life. But will I find faith on the earth when I return? So this is where I was again. I wasn't in a deep prayer walk. You know, you hear that statement of, well, I guess all I have, all I can do now is pray. No you should pray first, First. you know, (laughs) that's what you need to do. And so, again, I didn't realize this and God didn't, uh, he's been trying to impress this on my heart all along, but I am hard-headed and I, I just wasn't learning the lesson. So my boss, he comes and he says, Hey, John, if you'd like to move, where would you like to go? If an opportunity came up. And I said, Well, I've never been to the Northwest. I would really love to the North, go to the Northwest. And he says, Okay, I'll keep that in mind. So if something comes up, I'll let you know. And I don't know the exact timing, you know, from that point as to when he came back. And he says, Well, John, he says, I have two possibilities for you in the Northwest. And I said, Yes, what are they? Juneau, Alaska, <laughs> and Moses Lake, Washington. And, you know, both of them in my head, I'd never been up here, right? You know, green, beautiful. And I said, <laughs> I'll go to Juno. And he says, okay, you're down. Well, my boss comes back again and he says, it's taken by a person from Grass Valley, California, who has more seniority. So he's going to get that. But there's still Moses Lake available. And I said, I'll take it. It's Washington. It's got to be green and beautiful, right? Yes, Moses it's, Lake is all exactly, of those things. Exactly, yes. green and beautiful. It's a lake. I mean, how much more could I want? You know. And so he says, "Are you sure you don't want to? You don't want to go up there and check this out?" And I said, "Nope, I don't. I just want to go. I'm ready." This and seems out of character. Exactly, it does. <laughs> so it, it's uh, and again. I'm not praying about this. Hmm. I am not. I had a friend in Gallup by the name of Tommy Lee. And he says to me, I played racquetball with him. He says to me, John, I've been to Moses Lake and it's a desert. And I said, no, Tommy, you must be thinking of something totally different. It's not a desert. There's no deserts in Washington. And he says, "Okay," (laughs) And that's the way he left it. You know, he he didn't go any further. And, uh, so my boss, he's, he hired uh, my replacement. I'm going through, uh, training him. And so I, I have no way of turning back now. And I didn't want to, I wanted to move. I was, I was ready to go. And it is out of character, you know, from what was going on in my life, but it's not out of God's character. He knew what he had in mind mm-hmm. for me, you know, yep. he knew what he had in mind for me. So I, uh. I called up my mom and I asked her to come and take care of Tammy and Michael um, because Ruth and I were gonna fly up and visit Moses Lake where we we're gonna be moving to. And so she came up and we get to Albuquerque. We fly out, we're flying over the Cascades. It's in October and it's a beautiful October clear day. And the mountains are you know, capped with snow and it looks beautiful. And I look at Ruth and I say, that's why we moved to Washington," I said. "That's why we moved here, and so we uh, land at SeaTac. We rent a car. Uh, Ruth loves maps, so she's the navigator, and I'm the driver. So we get out of uh, out of Seattle. We're headed to Moses Lake on I-90. Uh, we come to Indian John's rest area right before Ellensburg, and I'm tired and. I said, hey, Ruth, would you be willing to drive for a while? And she said, sure. So we changed. And she drove, and I fell asleep. I quickly fell asleep. So I didn't notice Ellensburg. I didn't notice uh, Vantage. I didn't notice the Columbia River. I didn't notice anything until I woke up at George Washington. Mm -hmm. I woke up. And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I said, where are we? You were sure that Ruth took a wrong turn. Exactly. I said, we are on the wrong, we're in the wrong place. And she says, no, we're 30 miles out of Moses Lake. And I said, no, you've got to be joking. No. And she says, yeah, it's 30 miles from right here. And that was George Washington. So we keep going and it didn't get any better. That's for sure. And so we get off the freeway and she says, do you want to go downtown? Nope. Do you want to go see the store? Nope. Uh, you want to go eat? Nope. What do you want to do? I want to go to the motel. That's it. I don't want to go anywhere else. Okay. So that's what we did. We went to the motel. <laughs> so here my my wants and my, again, I want to stress my wants, my desires were not this. I was looking for the Gig Harbor of the world, if you will, in Washington. The beauty of the of Gig Harbor. But that's not what was Moses Lake, right? But God knew what he was doing for John Lucero, taking him to Moses Lake. So I get there, <laughs> and I, I, di- I didn't even go look at the store. I didn't, I didn't want to do anything. So we get back on the plane. We fly back home. And I, I can't go back to the same store and I don't want to look for another job and then my whole worry and my fear just start jumping on my back again. My I mean it was like a weight. And again I'm not I'm not at that point a person that has come to the Lord consistently with prayer. And that's why I said about this Luke passage. Um, don't don't worry. Don't you see what God is going to do for you? But then Jesus says, "But will I find faith, <laughs> you know, when I return?" And so I'm not at that point, you know, of my prayer walk. I'm not there, but God wants me there. He's calling me to a to a higher place and to a deeper place in a relationship with Him. That starts with prayer. That's where it starts. It starts with prayer. In Bringing our our brokenness to Him in prayer, you know that's that's what God wanted of me, and at that point I still hadn't realized that. So we get back, we pack up, we get to Moses Lake, we bring our you know our two children with us, and I meet my boss that's from the Northwest region. He introduces me to to my employees, and. My first thing that I started doing is, I called my boss, the big boss. And I, I found out that he was actually a Christian man later, I found out. I said, Mr. Goodwin, if something comes open again in New Mexico, <laughs> do you think I could go back? You know, this is what the first thing that comes out of my mouth, you know, after being installed as the manager of this store in Moses Lake. And he says, uh, very gently, he says well john he says we paid for your move and at that point we had bought a uh, you know house so they bought our house they gave me a bonus and he says it's a big investment so you're going to be there for a while i didn't want to hear that at the point at that point i didn't know i had you know the startings of what is called ulcerative colitis mm-hmm. but uh, I knew something was, was off and something was different, you know, in my life, You know, after you know six months of being there, something was happening. And so I, I went to different doctors, I'm thinking I've got, you know, cancer or whatever, you know, I was thinking the worst. I was worried about all sorts of things, you know, and that was just another thing for me to worry about. And so I, I tried to tell every doctor that I went to see that I had cancer, and they kept saying, you don't have cancer, there's really... Not much wrong with you. You've got a spastic colon right at the moment, and, you know, the guy told me. And so he gave me, you know, some stuff to help me along. Well, it didn't help too much because, again, I was so tied up in knots that it, you know, it didn't, it didn't really help. It didn't, it didn't help me much. It just kept getting worse. And then I started passing blood in my stool. So then I knew, I knew that there was a problem. So I I went back to the internist again, you know, and he, so they sent me to some specialist in Spokane and he said I had ulcerative colitis. The doctor in Moses Lake, my internist, he says, I've got an individual, you know, that's kind of like you, but just a long, maybe a a year or so ahead of you. And so he started telling me, you know, how the process was going to work. He said with ulcerative colitis, it's a, it's a disease that's you can't heal. Once you have it, you've got it. There's nothing that can be done other than we we can give you some respite, if you will, you know, by cutting a certain amount of your colon off and letting it go into a bag, emptying it up, letting it rest. And then we reattach it and then it'll go that way uh, you know, for several more years. And then we'll keep doing this process until you have no colon left at all. You know, the mm-hmm. large intestine will be gone. And then you'll have a bag you know, permanently that you'll be dealing with it. So I told him at the time, I said, and he said it was genetic. And I said, no, I think it's because of my fears. And I started owning up to my fears at that point in time. That's when, when this, it started really sinking in. And, uh, so I, I right now I weigh 150 pounds and I, in high school, I weighed 148. So I'm not much different than when I was in high school, but at that point in time, I went down to like 125 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I was really thin and um, I would take a lot of vitamins just to supplement. What, because whatever I ate was coming out like really quick. I was going to the bathroom sometimes 20 times a day. Mm-hmm. And I was just going. It didn't matter what I ate. It was gone. So I had to change my, my eating habits as well. And I remember my favorite uh, candy. And this is the first time I realized, you know, that something really was going on. It was um, Snicker bars. And so I noticed that any time I would buy it to a sticker bar, I, I was going to the bathroom. I mean, immediately. But I told the doctor, you know, going back to what I said to him, I said, no, I don't think it's genetic, I think it's the fears. And, and again, like I said, I, I started owning up you know, to my fears that were driving me. Sears made uh, another change, again, to all their catalog stores. Not, uh, same thing that happened to Berlin, they were making them all personally owned so that meant that i was going to be out of a, a job you know in moses lake now i'm far away from my parents and my boss calls up and he's wanted me to consider you know my options you know and uh, so Ruth and i were uh, started to think through this thing and i, I actually prayed for my next move. I said, Lord, what do you want from me? I'm in Moses Lake. You brought me here and you're teaching me that yes, I've been afraid all my life and I need to turn that fear over to you because you're the one that can take care of that. I can't. I don't even know what my next step is gonna be. So I sat down with Ruth and we studied the whole thing about managing the store, you know, my knowledge of, uh, of what Sears has given me knowledge and taken me to different schools in Chicago to learn as well how to manage, not only personnel, but marketing uh, tools that I needed, running service departments, so, I, so they invested a lot in me. So I, I took and I put them down and what I had learned. And Ruth and I you know, took this to the Lord. I, I didn't want to make the same mistake that I had made before and I had been making is not coming to the Lord in prayer and saying, what do you want of me? And so God now, through the colitis and uh, other issues in life, brought me basically to my knees and saying, you need to listen to me, yeah. I know what I'm doing. And so I, uh, we heard from the Lord that He wanted us to stay in Moses Lake. That's what he wanted to do. It's it's a desert, so I've always kind of gone back to, like, the children of Israel, being in the desert, being taught for 40 years. They complained. I complained. Now I'm in the desert, right? <laughs> and so I'm looking at this thing. And so my boss, he calls up, Mr. Goodwin, he calls up, and he says, John, we've got a place for you in uh, Taos, New Mexico. No, not Taos. Um, where did they make the atomic bomb? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Alamogordo. Uh, no, Alamogordo is, is near there, <laughs> but... Um, Anyway, it's up in the mountains. And uh, he says, we've got this place for you in New Mexico. And I said, well, Mr. Goodwin, I'm not taking it. We're staying right here in Moses Lake, Washington. He said, you've been complaining to me all this time. And now you don't want to go? He says, are you sure? We'll buy your house. We'll pay your move. Um, We'll give you a bonus. And we've got somebody that wants to come to Moses Lake. And I said, no, we're going to stay. And he says, okay, if that's what if that's what you want. And it was just within, it, to me, it seemed like minutes. His lieutenants called me up, and they said, you've been bugging the boss all this time that you've been there, and now you turn him down after he got what you wanted for you? I said, yep. He said, well, you'll never leave Moses. like You're going to be blackballed. And I said, okay, then I'll be blackballed. Hmm. And um, so now here starts my journey, right, of of another journey, if you will, in life. So God brought me to the desert knowing that he needed to teach me something far away from my family. Now I'm over close to 2,000 miles away from my family. And if they knew that I had turned down a job to come closer to them, they would have been appalled. They would have thought, what? But I knew what God wanted of me. He wanted to teach me dependence. Not that family is not important, because it is. It's very important. But my dependence needed to be on God. And that's what he was teaching me. And that's where he brought me to. So, after that decision was made, and after Ruth and I had prayed about it, it wasn't I, I, you know, it seemed like instantaneous it, to me. I felt my body changing again. There, there's something that was going on. And and I thought, I'm going to test this. You know, <laughs> I'm going to test this. So, again, I said, I like Snicker bars. And when you go to the store, they sell two different sizes of Snicker bars, right? They have the little, little one that's maybe three inches long. And they sell right. the one that's like about 10 inches long or whatever it is.
1: The bite size and the party size. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I... I go to the store and I'm looking at them. I I did pick up the little one, but then I put it down and I picked up the other one. I said, I'm going to take it and I'm going to, you know, at least take a bite. And so I did. I took it to the store I took a bite. And remember, I I had said that that was my first indication that I had something wrong with me taking a bite. I had to go to the bathroom. So I took this bite of this snicker bar and nothing happened. so I took another bite and nothing happened. (laughs) So I ate the whole thing. I mean, I, I had not eaten you know a candy like that since 19... When did we move there? 1987 I think was when we moved there. And so now... No, it was 1985. Sorry about that. 1985. And so you know for several years I had not eaten the candy. So now I ate the whole thing and nothing had happened. And then I wanted pizza. And so we got pizza <laughs> and nothing happened <laughs> again. And so God healed me of colitis, of something that this doctor, uh, the internist, said that would never happen. And this particular doctor, you know, set me up for a colonoscopy. I go in, and he says, "Uh, you said you had colitis, and your records say you have colitis, or had colitis, or... He says, but I don't see any traces of colitis at all, no ulcers, nothing. In your intestines that show that you had colitis, he said. If your if your records had not indicated that you had colitis, and you were telling me you had colitis, I'd call you a liar, hmm. because there's there's nothing in there, you it's gone. What
1: was your first thought?
0: Uh, well, my first thought was, you know, I was thanking the Lord for that, you know, and I was thinking. Amen. I'm going to have a colon if you will. I'm not going to lose this whole yeah. I don't have to wear a bag because I like sports and uh, it's a big deal of my life. I like to ride my bike. I like to ride, play racquetball at that point in time. And so I was not going to have to wear a bag. But my main thing was, you know, being thankful to, you know, to God was that He had taught me that I needed to come to Him first in everything that I was doing, in everything that I was doing you know and since then the proverbs have become a very integral part of my life since moving to moses like being in in devotional uh, times with the lord you know all the time is another thing that god taught me that i needed to do is to be in his word and so there's a couple of uh, proverbs that stick out into my head one of them um, is 16:3 that says commit to the lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed and then in chapter three, or in Proverbs three, I think it's five and six, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And what God taught me through those two is says, if you commit everything, I mean, everything, it doesn't matter what you do, everything. When you're going to sleep, commit that to the Lord. When you wake up, commit that to the Lord. God was teaching me that it takes more than that. It takes committing everything about your life. It doesn't matter what it is, and trusting that He knows best, and He's going to make your path straight. Why? Because they're His plans and they're His paths that you're going to put your foot on, you know, to go forward. So can I say that uh, I'm completely healed of uh, of having fear in my life? No, I can't. But I do realize that that I need to bring that to the Lord, you know, right away. And said, I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm giving it to you because I know that's what you said. And there are times that I have to bring that thing over and over and over again to the Lord because I I know where it's coming from. It's coming from the accuser of the saints, you know, who accuses us day and night before the throne of God. And he accuses us to our face, saying, Oh, if you were a believer, you wouldn't be worried about this. So I bring it, you know, to the Lord. That's one that's another thing that God has taught me you know, in my life, is to commit, commit to him everything that I'm doing.
1: John, I have sincerely appreciated your time today. Thank you. It's been an interesting story, fascinating, and with all due apologies to Gallup, New Mexico, and Moses Lake. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate you sharing your journey with us today. Thank
0: you. Thank you for having me.
1: This has been Hill Stories, originating at Chapel Hill Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. The opinions expressed are those of the participants for the edification of our listeners and do not necessarily reflect those of Chapel Hill leadership or the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. If you would like more information or to submit an idea for a future episode, our email address is hillstories at chapelhillpc.org. For everyone here at Chapel Hill, I'm David Wilson. Thank you, and God bless.